Let's remain standing. I want to read our, our verses for today. And I'm going to pick up where we left off last week. But let me say this, we're not talking politics, all right? We have been in intense mode for sermons for these past few weeks. Today, obviously, I got Hawaiian shirt and flip-flops on, uh, a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun today. But these verses from last week also hit where we're going to be going for this Sunday. And so in John 13, John chapter 13, Jesus says this. He said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. All right, so he, he says that, and then later on, Jesus say, says a prayer in John chapter 17, um, and he says this in his prayer. He says, I'm, not, I'm praying not only for these disciples, those who are right there with him in his presence, but he says, but also for all who were ever believe in me through their message. This is you and I. So Jesus right here is praying a prayer with you and I in mind, and this is what he prays for us. He says, I, will, I pray that they will all be one. Can we say that together? I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us, say this with me, so that the world will believe you sent me. This idea of loving one another and being united goes beyond just politics. He didn't say just tolerate people. He didn't say just sit next to them and be okay with them. He says love, love one another, uh, which means something, and we're going to talk about that today. So before you take a seat, take three minutes and say hello to somebody that you haven't seen in a while. Meet somebody new. Say, I'm glad you're here. Love one another. Say hello. Give them a fist bump or a hug, all right? All right, as you are taking your seat today, we are going to start a brand new series, and the series that we're going to focus in on over the next few weeks is called Friendship, but I want to focus in on this idea of relationships and community. Jesus says, love one another, but um, in many ways, we know that verse but in many ways, we struggle to live this out, to, to live this out in community and to live this out in relationship with, with each other. This is something that is an absolute burden on my heart, specifically for people in Los Alamos. I, I want to, as we talk about friendship, I want to talk about how to make deep and lasting friendships in Los Alamos. Whether you're here just for a few months or maybe you're like, hey, I'm only here for a year, Mike, and then I'm out of here. 
you can develop some deep and meaningful relationships. And for many of us, we have been here for years and we struggle. Many, some of us, many of us, we've been here and we're lonely. And I want to change that. Like today in this series could be the, like it's the start of a revolution in a way to, to show why do we need each other? Why is this idea of community so important? And the messages that we talk about, listen, this is countercultural. This is going to go against what you have been taught for most of your life. If we get our friendships right, it will set you up for success in nearly every important area of your life. But if we get our friendships wrong, you can imagine the pain and destruction that, that can come across when you have the wrong relationships in your life. Here's a, a big idea for this sermon series that we'll kind of revisit throughout. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your closest friends and I will show you your future. And this isn't just for teenagers. I know moms and dads were like, oh, I want my teenager here. And we realize how important that is. But adults too. Show me your friends or lack of them and I will show you your future. If you got drunk last night, then chances are you were probably with friends who helped lead you in that direction. You weren't totally alone. If you were pursuing God last night, and how can I please Him, and what can I do to serve my Savior, and you're looking for ways and opportunities to grow closer to Jesus, chances are you have friends who are pushing you in that direction. Want a better marriage? Well, who are you hanging out with? That's married, that's getting you, pushing you maybe in the direction that you want to go. You want to do better in your finances. Well, who are you hanging out with that are the money people? And are they pushing you in the direction that you want to go? Do you want to get fit and in shape? Where are you hanging out with people that are eating Twinkies all the time? Like the club, show me your friends and I will show you your future spiritually too. If you want to grow spiritually, it matters who you hang out with. And this isn't about cutting ties and saying, well, I can't hang out with this group of friends anymore. But this is about understanding what is true community and the relationships that we have. If you do it God's way, which most of us don't, and, and this, is, this is very counterculture. America, we value independence. We have the Declaration of Independence. We, we value these things of, I, I can be totally self-sufficient. We bought the lie that says that my key to happiness is being totally independent, financially independent, and just everything independent. God's way says, actually, the truth is you are to be interdependent with one another. That is the key. The key to life is relationship, to be dependent upon God and other people. So this does go counterculture. So if you do it God's way, this is his design so you never struggle with loneliness to be in community. When you are tired, fatigued, overwhelmed, frustrated, depressed, it may not eliminate those things, but community is God's designs to help you overcome those things and fill them with hope.
So many of us, we, we can relate to some of those feelings. So as we go through this series, I got a, I got a tough thing because I've just been praying, God, I'm going to speak your word on what you say about community and loving one another. But I know for myself and many of us, like, we're okay. Like, Mike, I, I'm, I, I got a tough sell. Well, I'm not going to try to sell you anything. But at the same time, I know for most of us, like, eh, yeah, I know. Love one another. We need each other. Can't do life alone, but not changing. And I want to say I think God has something better for you and I if we're able to lean into these things. All right? And it's going to take time. Starting is always uncomfortable. I'll give you a little story. I went uh, last yesterday. No, two days ago. <laughs> Rita and I, uh, we went down to Santa Fe and we went to go play some pickleball down at uh, the pickleball courts in, in Santa Fe. Any, any pickleballers here? Anybody? Come on now. All right. I, I hit over 40, and I'm like, all right, we're we, we started playing. We love it. They have some pickleball courts on Myrtle Street. If you play, you're going to get addicted. Now, they say it's an old man's sport or, or, or whatever. Well, we went, to, we went to play in Santa Fe, and it's great. It's like this giant social club. They got six clubs, six uh, of course, they're, they're all full, but we walk in and everyone's like super nice and social. Hey, how you doing? They introduce themselves. Where are you guys from? We're from Los Alamos. Oh, we used to live there. And, you know, you're talking with streets and naming people and that sort of stuff. Then we play. And uh, Rita and I, I, well, more me than Rita. She's a tennis player. Uh, we are getting schooled by these people 65, 70 years old. I mean, they are just, doo, 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 doo. I am sweating. And I actually had one guy at one point, he goes, He's, he's my partner on my team. He goes, hey, hey, just stay back, all right? <laughs> like, they're gonna, if you keep rushing the net, they're just going to hit it to you. He's like, stay back. I'll hit it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, man, I got it. I got it. And then this nice lady, Cindy, who she's pushing 70, she's coaching me the nicest way, yet at the same time schooling me. I can't, she's got so much spin on her pickleball, and I can't, I, can't, I mean, I can hit it, but it just goes right into the net, so. Anyway, I'm just, I'm getting schooled. Well, the guy who's coaching me, he's like, hey, I'm four years in to this thing. And I'm raw, all right? I'm new to this thing. My brain knows what I want to do and where I want to hit it, but my body just can't react and do it. And here these guys are who are a little farther along, who have been doing it, who are a little more mature, who are 11 on me, just saying, hey, I've, I've been here. At the start, it stinks. At the start, it's hard. But if you work through these things in relationships and you do them well, you start to help other people in this process as well. I think there's something bigger than just, than just you. Friendship. How do I make friends? Deep and lasting, meaningful relationships here in Los Alamos. It's not easy. What is a friend? Let's start with that. What is a friend? Um, this is Proverbs 17:17 17, out of the FBV translation. Um, it's kind of a newer translation. It says, a friend is someone you may or may not know well who accepts your friend request on Facebook. This person is born to like and comment on your posts and make you feel good about yourself. Proverbs 717, Facebook version. <clears throat> Social media, <coughs> we know this, <coughs> is not necessarily our friend. Here's the real version, Proverbs 17, 17 out of the Bible. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Wouldn't that be awesome? 
to have somebody, to have a family, to have people in your life who you're, you're mixed with their kids and you know their kids and they know your kids, where you celebrate together, celebrate milestones, celebrate victories, you laugh together, you cry together, you do life together, decades together. The problem is very few of us have this. We, we want it. We've seen it maybe as kids growing up, but we don't have it. Um, according to a study, uh, American Sociological Review, this is all the way back in 2006, but the average American only has two close friends. 25% reported in this survey having none. The trends have been going down and down and down. Sociologists would say you are, are um, sorry, um, I, sk I skipped something there. Um, the, the closest friends that we have are, uh, on average, about two. And I know in Los Alamos, being a pastor here, there's so many people that struggle with this, that struggle with this idea. Yet at the same time, we go by life just saying, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm fine. God says the key to life is interdependence, not, not independence. And he's wired you for community. He did not wire you to be the Lone Ranger. Even Lone Ranger had Tonto, all right? So I want to talk about today, I want to talk about why do we need one another? Why do we need each other? Jesus, or it says this in Romans chapter 12, just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. The, we are described, each one of us are a part of Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us, it takes every one of us to make it complete. So you are vital to this church family, but you are vital to the church family global. It takes every one of us to make it complete, for we each have different work to do. You have a purpose. You were designed and created with a unique purpose in mind. So he says, we belong to each other, and each needs all the others. All right, do me a favor, just so we can get some talking going. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need me. All right, now look back at them and say, look back at them and say, I need you. All right, so we just had some, some wedding proposals there. Some of you guys just renewed some vows there. All right, at the beach party later, I can, I can be doing some, uh, some, some ceremonies um, back there uh, if we needed to. But no, the idea is that we need each other. The truth is community is not optional. You may like it. I prefer it. I had a, I had a, a friend recently that, um, you know, like, hey, do you, do you even kind of want to be here? And the, the truthful answer is no. I kind of just want to be in my bed, in my PJs, watching Netflix. That's kind of what I feel like doing at that time and in that moment. Do I want to? No. But I know what I really want and what I really need, and that's to be here together with you. And so I don't go off of my feelings. That's a, that's a big part of even coming to church. I know I'm the pastor, and I love being here, but believe it or not, sometimes there are some Sundays where I just want to Netflix and chill at home. Because I want to. It would be more convenient. 
but I don't come to church, one, because I have to, or because I feel like it. I know this community, there's something bigger and deeper that is happening, so I'm not driven by what I want to or how I feel or if the weather is nice or if the weather is bad or if it's snowing or sun. like it doesn't I don't know I can't figure out the weather with you guys if it's a great day you're like oh it's a great day we need to go oh it's snowing we need to stay home it's I don't know what it is we have I don't, I don't care about the weather I am committed to a family God has given you a physical family a blood family but he has also given you a spiritual family. And, and like it or not, we're going to live together for eternity. <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to be a spiritual family much longer than we are a physical family here on earth. And he's given us the church, the local church, to love, on, love one another. Live this out. This is not optional. And I know for a lot of us here in Los Alamos, hey, I, okay, I may not prefer, I, I prefer, Mike, I like to be alone. All right, but some of us will go into, I'm introverted, all right? I'm not a people person, all right? So this is not my jam. I've been burned before, um, or I am, um, I don't have much time, Mike. <laughs> all right, we can have relationships, but I got this, I got work, I got kids, I got this, and I got that, and that's part of the problem. We do have all of those things, and we're neglecting one of the most important commands that we have, in Scripture, is to love one another. Not just to attend and sit next to one another. To develop this real community. So again, this goes against what most of us have lived and have been taught for most of our lives. You can't escape it in Scripture. Look at all these one another's in Scripture. I'm not going to read them all, but they're up on the screen here. Love one another. Be devoted to one another. Serve one another. Accept one another. Instruct one another. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. And we're not going to do this one. Greet each other with a holy kiss, all right? You, you can't want another by yourself. The big idea is you cannot fulfill God's purposes for yourself by yourself. You just simply can't. He has a plan for you, and it was never to do it by yourself. And so I know. I prefer it. Mike, I'm good. I like to walk alone. I like to walk at my own pace. I'm fine. I like the relationships that I have. And I'm going to say God has something better for you. Some people will go the route of, I don't, even, I don't need the church, Mike. It's just me and Jesus. Just me and Jesus. This other thing is just me and Jesus. Listen, you are always, always, always going to need something that Jesus died for. He gave his life for the church. So I cannot neglect that. And when all those disciples that were with him, Peter, James, John, all those guys, when Jesus died on the cross, they deserted him. They ran. They denied even knowing him. And what did Jesus do when they backstabbed him? When he rose from the grave, he came right back to him and said, guys, we got a mission. Let's go. So I, I, I know the church hurt is deep and wide in here. And we got our own things and our own excuses as to why we don't do this. So I realize the fence walls are up. Some of you guys are already just checked out like, uh -uh, not happening. But I want to I push this. How do we develop the lost art of friendship? It may not be as hard or as, uh, as bad as you think for some of you guys, especially the introverts. All right, first is this, though. Just a few ideas. It takes time. 
All right, how do, you, how do you develop friends? This sounds like such an elementary school question. You would think, hey, this is like for first graders, but adults struggle with this. Mike, how do I make a friend? Okay, one, it takes time. Some stats say, some sociologists, there's a book that's it's great. It's called Find Your People by Jenny Allen. I just read it uh, several months ago at the beginning of the year. We're actually doing a Bible study on it, church-wide online, starting tomorrow. If you go to our Facebook page, you can see some information about that. A five-day study, find your people. But there's a, a quote in there where she, she uh, uh, quotes a, a stat, and it says, if you want to, you have a community of people, you probably know about 100 to 150 people, uh, roughly, all right? But if you want friends out of that community, like a genuine friendship, to go from just, I know you acquaintance in the village, in the community, to friend, you need to log about 80 to 100 hours together. Like, you, you need to be doing something together. You can uh, uh, go hang out for an hour and log like 1% of a friendship after church today, all right, just to start building some relationships. You need, you need time together. If you want to go from just a friend to someone who is a just a ride-or-die friend, you need around 200 hours logged together, experience together, time together. And Scripture says it like this. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Notice the author says it's a habit to come to church. It's a habit that you develop in your life to be with these people. He says, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What did Jesus do whenever he called his disciples? He would say, hey, Peter, I see you there. You're, you're casting nets for fish, but now let's go cast nets for people. He would say, come and follow me, which was, hey, guys, come with me. Be with me. Let's live life. To, not here's a book and read about me and then tell me what you think. Let's do life together. Let's spend time together. Don't give up on the habit of meeting together. There is something about it, and certainly it takes time. Some of y'all are looking for this magical unicorn of a friend that does not exist, that you're just going to meet each other, and we just know each other, and we're going to just be able to walk into their house and just open up the fridge and eat whatever we want, and we're going to laugh and play and have fun. And it doesn't work like that. It takes time together to develop friendship, and you're going to have to put in some time. In fact, in this series, as we continue on, I want to give you some ingredients to developing these friendships. I'm not going to get into it today, but you need some things. You need some conflict in your relationship to grow that thing. You need some forgiveness, as we talked about a few weeks ago. You got to work through some experiences together in this time together to develop these lasting relationships where you trust one another. Now, second thing, if, if developing the lost art of friendship, how do I make a friend? Start where you are. Some of you, you're like, I don't even know where I would start on making a friend. How would I, you know, I don't know if I even want to do this, but if I did, where would I even start? Again, it's not, we're not, I would encourage you to say, don't go looking for the one. All right? 
Don't go looking for the one. The, the one you're looking for is Jesus, all right? He's the one. No person on earth, even your spouse, can fulfill all of those things in the one, all right? So if you are trying to place on a friend, hey, I'm looking for someone who I can laugh with, someone who I can cry with, someone who can mentor me, someone who can just call me out and hold me accountable, someone who can do all, that's too much pressure for one person to be all those things to one person. So I'm going to say start where you are. Think about it. Think about the people in your circle. Who is someone that you can that just makes you laugh? That just when you're around them just gives you life. I'm and I'm talking about outside the family circle. I'm not talking about your spouse. I'm talking about the family of believers here. Who's someone who you can cry with? Who you can share some of the tough moments with? Who's someone who knows you like all of you? who can hold you accountable, even in the ugly areas, and they still love you? Who's someone who can mentor you, who's a few steps ahead of you, who has a little bit more experience, been there, done that, who, can, who you've allowed to speak into your life, and who's someone that you can provide that to yourself, that you can mentor somebody else? I just gave you five or six categories of different people that you might have. Hey, they don't all, one person doesn't fit all of those roles, but I bet you someone came to mind that you could start, maybe I could hang out with them a little bit, and maybe this is an area where they can help me and I can grow. Start where you are at. And then the third thing is be present. Let me tell you something, the ministry of presence, the power of being present. Never underestimate the power of being present. When you are here, it makes a difference. When you are not here, it makes a difference. But even more than just being here and filling a seat or anything like that, when you are here and emotionally available and ready or in a relationship where you're not just physically present, but you are spiritually and emotionally present for that person, like there is power in being present for people. Notice it says, don't give up the habit, like be committed to being there, but it says, but encourage one another. Encouraging one another. This is not about the size of a group. Your ability to encourage one another is right here in front of one another. When I see you, I can give you a word of encouragement. When we're in a small group together, I can give you a word of encouragement. Have you ever uh, ran like in a marathon? No, no, me neither. <laughs> but I hear like maybe at like mile 20 or so, you start getting this pain on your side. You want to give up. But a lot of those long distance runners or ultra marathon runners, they have a pacer or they have a crowd that's cheering them on the entire way saying, don't give up. I know you, like, keep going. You can do this. You can make it. And when you have relationships that speak into your life and you want to give up and you don't know if you want to continue on or you want to move from Los Alamos, that's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. Anywhere else but Los Alamos. Let's go. And you have the friend who says, hey, 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 I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But don't give up. Don't give up so soon. When you gather for worship, it says in 1 Corinthians, this is out of the message, when you gather for worship, each one of you be prepared with something that will be useful for all. 
So you're to bring something. Sing a hymn, teach a lesson, tell a story, lead a prayer, provide an insight. Let me ask you a question. Does that sound like what we do right here? I appreciate the encouragement, but no. <laughs> I'm not like, hey, Sarah, you got a poem for us today? <laughs> um, John, you ready to teach a lesson? Linda, you going to provide an insight? What, is this, what does this sound like more of, of what we actually do? This kind of sounds more like a connect group. When you get together with a smaller group of people, and everybody's getting together. Here, this is a crowd. And yes, it's relational. We're a small enough church. You see people and you can encourage one another and everything like that. But this is more crowd, not so much community. And, some, and I say that because that has always been the design here at Freedom Church. And sometimes that rubs people the wrong way because they want it to be community. But we have connect groups right over there where you can sign up. We're going to be starting some. That's where you can really rub shoulders and get to know people, provide an insight, teach one another, encourage, pray for, sing a hymn. We're going to be doing missions together, serving in our community together. Like you have a passion and a project, your, your connect group, you guys are going to own and love on one another and start living this thing out. We can only, if you're only coming here on Sundays, I, I, you're only going to get half the benefit of this church. At a certain point on Sundays, you'll be feeling like, man, there's something more. That more is community. That more is, is using your gifts and serving. You're part of the body. That's going to be found in the connect groups. There's a piece of that here. Like today in a little bit, we're going to do the Lord's Supper. And I am going to ask, yeah, you got it. Where's the God sighting? Let's encourage one another. Let's spur one another on. But that's not going to be your typical Sunday every single Sunday. There's a difference between the two. So what are our connect groups? Just real quick, a shameless plug. They're going to be starting in September. Like I said, we got seven or eight of them. And this is where you get to live life together with other believers. For, you're not signing up for life. Six to ten weeks. We're going to end it before Thanksgiving. We got some men's groups, we got some women's groups, we got a couple, like a Sunday night group, a Tuesday parenting group, and they're going to be doing missions together. They're just going to own one another. I told the leaders, I told the leaders, I said, hey, can you get together with two or three other families and just love on each other for about eight to ten weeks? Just encourage one another, love on them. I know you're going to do a Bible study or something, but can you just love on one another and do that? And I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. Can you just find two or three families within Freedom Church? Or even, it doesn't have to be Freedom Church, and just love on them and do life together for six to eight, ten weeks this fall. And just see what God does through that. Rather than just go through another semester just doing it normal and being tired and being fatigued and being overworked. Now, you might look at the groups and say, Mike, I, I, don't, I can't meet on a Sunday night. I can't do Tuesday nights. There's nothing for me on any, any nights that I have. Great. Lead a group. Yeah, I know. That was the response I was going to get. That's why I got a verse for you. First Peter 4.9. All right? Talking about this church. Loving one another. All right? This is a persecuted church. And Peter says, offer hospitality to one another without, say this word with me, without grumbling. Some of your translations say complaining. Be hospitable. Open your house to other people. 
What is your complaint? What is your grumbling? What is your excuse why you do not do this? My house is dirty. Well, clean it. My house isn't big enough, Mike. Can you fit two or three people in there? That's all you need. Can you fit two or three people? You, the Bible says, wherever two or three are gathered, I am there in their midst. All right? It doesn't have to be anything huge or large. Mike, I don't know my Bible. I don't know enough, to, I don't know enough about my Bible to lead a group. Guess what? The people that we're writing about here in 1 Peter and, and, and Acts and stuff that they're writing about, they were illiterate, for one, and two, they didn't even have the Bible yet. The, the Bible as we know it that's in our hands hadn't even been put together yet. They're passing letters around that they heard about and stories where they had seen God move in their life and they're just telling people about, this is what I saw God do in my life. Can you believe it? Let's get together for that. All right? So if you have a passion for others and a passion for Jesus, let's go. We'll give you some training, all right? But I don't want, don't let, what's your complaint? What's your excuse? I don't like my neighbors, Mike. I don't want to, I, I don't know if I want them in my house. Well, don't invite them. <laughs> invite people you like. Spend time with people that you like. Don't make this harder than what it has to be. Don't overthink this. Love one another. Really love one another. Develop deep, meaningful, and lasting relationships. And it's got to start somewhere. And it's got to start with your excuses being told for what they are. Excuses. No one would really want to come over to my house. Really. Really. Because everybody, everybody has a longing to belong. I guarantee you, I guarantee you right now, there are people in this room, probably on your row, who are hungry for somebody to love on them. And you know there are people in our community who are desperate. They are killing themselves because they are so alone. Don't tell me. Your neighbors are more willing to come to your house than you are willing to invite them. What difference does this make, Mike? What difference does this whole thing make? A world. It makes a world of difference. I'll go back to those first verses. I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in one, and may they be in us, say this with me, may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. The difference is being a different church where we don't fight each other. I've been to that church. We've been to that church. We know we nitpick over chairs and carpet and song selections and Bible translations and we fight for one another. I want to be a church, a different church, where we fight for one another and we get this idea where it's not just an attendance thing. It's not, oh, well, I just go to the group and I do this Bible study. No, I love people. 
I'm going to own this relationship for the next six, ten weeks. Maybe it goes nowhere. Maybe it goes everywhere. You don't know what's on the other side of you introducing yourself to someone today or you just saying, hey, I'm going I'm to jump in this group and I'm just going to give them all I have for the next six to eight to ten weeks. Serve this group and love on these people. You do not know what's on the other side of that. Deeper friendships. That means a better life for you and I. Deeper friendships means a greater impact. Deeper friendships mean people meet Jesus and lives are changed. That's my prayer. I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the message today. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, leave a review or a comment or share this message. That really does spread the message further and faster when you do that. Secondly, if there's a next step that you need to take coming out of this, head on over to our website, click get involved and let us know exactly how you can take your next step. We would love to partner with you in that. And finally, if you have been impacted in a positive way through our ministries or your family has been impacted in a positive way through our ministries, go on over to our website and click give. And if you want to partner with us financially, that would be huge in getting the message of Jesus out through our ministries. Thank you again for stopping by the podcast. Have a wonderful week. God bless.